Welcome everybody to It's Papa Halai from um, the Bolton Hindu Forum platform today. And normally we are on the Wellbeing Wednesday, but today uh, we've got a special guest from London to talk to us about uh, the Vedanta ancient philosophy. So I thought I'd use this as an opportunity um, to um, get him on board and uh, use his knowledge um, of four years studying in India for um, uh, Vedanta. He's um, born bred kind of in the UK and the way he kind of comes across and puts it, I think it's a really useful way of understanding it. He's done all the hard work for us, um, read all the scriptures and done all the work and we just kind of have to listen and take it on board. So uh, whatever resonates with you. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Angit and um, hope you all enjoy and put any of your comments um, uh, at the end and any questions, we'll answer them at the end. So please stay on um, to the end. So welcome, Angit. You're right. Thank you, Prabha. So um, those who, have, who don't know me, my name is Aniket, but I was brought up in uh, UK. So Aniket sometimes becomes Andy, unfortunately. <laughs> So people call me up either, you can call me either. So I came to the UK when I was two years old, went to a Christian school, college. So I'm a British Indian, like most of you. When I was, after I finished college, I was working in an audio shop, then a computer company in the, in the 80s. Then I started my own business in the 90s, IT business. I'm just a normal, regular person like all of you. Then one day on holiday in Rishikesh, India, by chance, I came across this knowledge and it changed my life. So studying this knowledge here in the UK for seven years, going to weekly classes, I got an opportunity to go to the ashram in Lonavla in Pune. And there I met Swami Patrasati, who ran the ashram. This is his ashram. And he offered me to join a three-year residential course to learn under this great Swami, to learn our scriptures. So I spent three, just over three years in the ashram studying this subject. I've been back now for just over two years. I'm running classes here in the UK. So you may ask, what is this knowledge? Well, this knowledge is called Vedanta. Some of you may have heard of this word. Vedanta is a Sanskrit word. Veda equals knowledge. Anta means end. Therefore, it's the end of knowledge. This knowledge deals with your life, your living. It's thousands of years old. You may recognize this knowledge as the Vedas, the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita. Problem is, it's all available to us, this knowledge but we find it difficult to open these books and read them. The language is terse. It's difficult for us to understand. Even if you're living in India, even for Indians in India, it's difficult. First of all, it was all written in Sanskrit. Then it was 
deciphered and translated. And sometimes things get lost in translation. So Swamiji, Swami Sati, he spent 40 years with this subject. He was under the Chinmaya mission. He spent 40 years with this subject and now he's made it available to us for this modern times. He has written 12 books. And the way he has presented this knowledge, this ancient knowledge, our scriptures, it's much easier for us to understand in these day and age. So how does this ancient knowledge help us in our everyday life, at work, at home? This knowledge makes you independent, self-sufficient, successful in life. If I ask you, what are you looking for in life? What would you say? What would most people say? If I ask you, what are you looking for in life? Prabha, what would you, be, what would you say? What are you looking for in life? Peace. Peace. Contentment. Contentment. Which boils down to peace and happiness. Anything you do, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, anything and everything you do, the goal is peace and happiness. Go to an ice cream parlor, you buy an ice cream, you have an ice cream. Why? Into peace and happiness. So why aren't we peaceful and happy? Life is made up of two things, the world and the individual, the world and us. The world has been improved by scientists. It's been taken care of its development by scientists. If you think about how the world has changed in the last 40, 50 years, transport, we all have cars, we all have computers, we all have various gadgets, mobile phones. We can fly from one place to another effortlessly. So much has changed for the world. In fact, when I was at school, I remember when the first calculator came out, we had to do all the maths on our head before, on paper. Then the first calculator came out. We weren't allowed to use it in school. How much, how much improvement has been made in this world? We have various gadgets to make life easy for us, microwaves, everything. So how much, so much has changed in the world for the better in the last 50 years. Why are we still so unhappy? We have to ask ourselves. Parents who had so little were probably much happier than us. Any suggestions? Are we agreement, disagreement? So what do you think the reason is? The world has been improved so much, but we're still we should be a lot, a lot happier with everything around us. The reason is we have been neglected. The world has been improved by the scientists, but no one has, no one is improving the person, us, the person who's contacting the world. Even the world is so much improved, we are still stressed, agitated, unhappy. When, you when we contact the world, there's either happiness or unhappiness. 
There's never only happiness. There's never only unhappiness. Why can't we always get happiness when we think like Why is that? Because wrong contact, wrong expectations. We are not taught at school the right way to contact the world. Sure, we get an education, gives us a good job. We earn lots of money, we're a doctor, engineer, accountant, we can earn money. But that doesn't make you more happier in the world. No one teaches us how to have a good relationship with our parents, our partners, our work colleagues, our children. Who teaches that? They don't teach that at school. So, our ancient rishis, what did they do? Thousands of years ago, they sat in the Himalayas and they looked within. They meditated, they contemplated, and they worked out the science of a human being. What makes us function? What makes us tick? Who are we? And when they understood, they gave this philosophy out, which if practice will teach you the correct contact with the world. Is everyone with me? Am I going too fast, Prabha? Yeah, it's okay? Great. So, if we practice this knowledge, that these great rishis have given to us, it teaches how to contact the world, so that the result will be peace and happiness. So Vedanta, this knowledge, helps us to understand the truths of life. How you and the world functions, so you have the right contact. Knowledge helps you perform dynamically while acting in the world. It brings you peace, happiness. Whichever avenue you choose, worldly or spiritually, you become relatively more successful. These are our scriptures. These teach us how to live life. But it's not accessible to us. We all have a Bhagavad Gita at home, yeah? But we never open and read it. Why? Because we can't understand it. We find it difficult to understand it, the full context of it. When was the Bhagavad Gita uh, given out? It was given out by Krishna to Arjuna. When? On the battlefield. Arjuna was supposed to fight Kurukshetra, the war, all his cousins, his uncles, his gurus, grandparents, and he collapsed, he couldn't fight. It was a war that he had to fight for the well-being of society. Evil had taken over. And he had to bring that balance back in, 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 in his land. But he collapsed, he couldn't fight. Luckily, his best friend was Krishna. In the middle of the battlefield, Krishna gave him this philosophy. 
And the rest, you all know, he fought the war and he won, bringing back a balance in the land. So all of us have these dilemmas. We all have these issues. We don't have to fight wars with family and friends and so on. But we all have smaller problems in life, which create agitations, which we can't deal with. So this is the same knowledge Krishna gave to Arjuna for us to imbibe in our life in this day and age. So when you understand this subject, you imbibe it, you're able to put in the right action. And the result is you get a positive, happy experience in life, which is what we're all looking for. So we all believe Happiness is in the world, isn't it? We all believe happiness is in the world. That's why we contact it. We believe happiness is in objects, in beings, new car. We think happiness will be derived through buy a new car, a new computer, a new house. If we marry this partner, we'll be happy. My child gets into university, I'll be happy. Do you all believe happiness is in the, in, in the world? And so we chase after this happiness throughout our lives. Is anyone happy? The richest person is not happy. Look what's happening in the USA. One of the richest men in the world, is he happy? Even though he's president. Middle East, what's happening? Russia, everywhere in the, all these, People, they have everything, all the money in the world. Heads of countries, are they happy? They want more. This is the nature of life. This is the nature of human beings. We're never content. I'm not a pessimistic. I'm not trying to bring all of you down. Yeah, please. On the Tuesday evening, what's this chap? He's talking so miserably, making me feel so bad. Please, it's not like that. But just pointing out that what we're chasing for in this world is not there. It's not in objects and beings. Happiness, you can only get happiness through the right contact with the world. I'll give you an example. A cigarette, I don't smoke, but one person can't wait to have a cigarette. It brings him pleasure. Another person can't stand smoke. Makes him unhappy. Why is that? Cigarette is the same thing. It brings joy to one, misery to another. If there was happiness in the cigarette, it should bring happiness and joy to everyone who smokes. It should give pleasure to both. Two people see a movie. One loves it, wants to see it again. Ever thought it was not his cup of tea. In fact, could not wait for it to finish. Movie being the same. Why is that? Why does the movie bring peace and happiness to one person and unhappiness to another? A person is divorcing his wife or husband. He can't stand her or him. 
But there's another person waiting to marry that same person, same woman, same man, woman, man being the same. You're with me. Why is that? If happiness was in that object or being, then it should give that to everyone. So therefore, it isn't in objects and beings. It's how you contact. So then how do we contact the world correctly? We said these ancient rishis, they sat in the caves in the Himalayas and contemplated, meditated. They found the science of how we function. So therefore, same way we need to study ourselves. What makes us tick? What makes us function? So if you analyze, look, the world is what it is. We can't change the world. Yeah, We're all part of it. We, have, we live in the world and we contact the world every day. We cannot change the world. But what we can do is change ourselves. So that if we change ourselves in the right way, no matter what we do in life, we'll be content. So let's analyze our personality a little bit. This is just an introduction. All humans have the same three equipments. We all contact the world in the same way. What are these equipments? We have a body, physical body. We have a mind and we have an intellect. In, in uh, Gujarati, we say buddhi, that's the intellect. Manas, mind, and we have the physical body. So we call this the matter layers, the matter layers of a human being. But what enlivens this matter layers? What is it that energizes this matter layers? You say there's a spirit in you, the God principle. In Christianity, they call it Father in heaven. Allah in Islam, Atman, Brahman in Hinduism. The spirit is universal in all beings. You, me, everyone, regardless of color or creed. So a human being is made up of matter and spirit. So what is the spirit? It's hard for us to understand what this spirit is. This God principle. So I'll give you an example. You can say spirit is like electricity. Electricity functioning in gadgets. Electricity functions for different gadgets. The expression is different. The same electricity for a heater gives heat, for a cooler gives cold. But the electricity is the same. Electricity doesn't matter what gadget you're powering up. It's just a sachi, a witness. It doesn't, doesn't get involved. So the same electricity is within all of us. We call it the God principle, spirit. 
So as a human, when we identify with our matter layers, the body, mind, intellect, we become worldly, physical. When you identify with the spirit within us, you are considered spiritual. That's the only difference. Person who is looking for God becomes spiritual. It goes within to find out what's making me function. That Bhagwan, that God, that spirit within me. The same in all of us. That's when you're spiritual. So this knowledge helps you to make the correct contact with the world by understanding who you are and what makes you function by developing yourself. It's a science. And for systematic study and self-development, the result is that you become the best possible human being, happy and content with a purpose in life. See, if you look at our physical layers, we have a body, the physical body. We have a mind, intellect. What makes the body function? We say the spirit energizes it, but what makes the body act? It's, if you analyze, it's either the mind or the intellect. The mind says, I want a cup of coffee. Seven o'clock, I woke up, I want a cup of coffee. The body goes and makes a cup of coffee. The intellect says, no, it's too early to have a coffee. What makes your makes your body function. We say that the mind is like a child in you. It, it behaves on impulses, likes and dislikes. You like something, the mind will say, let's have it. You dislike it, mind will say, no, I don't like that. The intellect is the adult in you. So any negative things that you do and you're not happy, it's the mind. If you have the intellect developed, you can control the mind and make the body act based on your intellect. See the times where we decide we want to do something today. We make a list of all the things we want to do and we're not able to fulfill it. Why? Because the mind gets involved. I want to sit, I want to relax. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. We'll go for it. We have made that list. We have decided we want to do this. These are the things I need to do today. But we ourselves stop us, stop. We can't do it. We can't achieve it. That's the difference, mind and intellect. So this whole process is developing a buddhi, developing our intellect. And if you're able to do that, then you have full control of your life. And it's hot, we like it. And it's cold, we don't like it. But we live in England. The winters are cold, the summers are warm. We go to, back to India, we go to hot countries, it's so hot here. We decided to go there ourselves, and then we find that we don't like it. The nature of going to hot countries is hot. So we have to accept the world as it is. So if you study this subject, 
You become aware of you, yourself, your personality, and the world. And when you have that awareness, you're able to contact the world correctly. You're able to plan your future, achieve whatever goals you set yourself in life. You perform better at work. You have better relationships with your friends, your family. So how do you learn this subject? First of all, you have to understand your ignorance. Einstein, greatest mind, was asked in an interview about his level of knowledge. And his reply was, what is my knowledge compared to my ignorance? And there's so much to learn in this world. The amount I know is nothing compared to what I don't know. So knowledge and humility, that's what he had, has to go hand in hand. That's the only way to learn. The minute you say, I know, you don't learn. Your attitude should, be always, your attitude should always be, I don't know. It's the first thing we learn in the ashram. I don't know. Then you're open to absorb. So in a nutshell, this is an overview of this subject. This is our ancient philosophy. If you're a Hindu, then this is our philosophy. It is not religion. Please understand it's not religion. This philosophy was given before any religion started, thousands of years ago. Sanatana Dharma. This is the philosophy of it. See, in uh, Hindu, Hinduism, we have rituals, we have prayers, we have bhajans, we have so many different things. This is the philosophical part of our of Hinduism. But we get, because we get so involved with the rituals and the prayers and the bhajans and so on, we forget the philosophy. And this is what we teach. And we need this to live our lives. Baba, that's my introduction. <laughs>